everybody, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. You can find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw and on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And I'm here as always with my BFF, my hubby, um, T Outlaw. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. I am T Outlaw, and you can find me on the Twitter, Twitterverse at T Outlaw, and on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells. <laughs> so, if you're new to the podcast, this is the Gourmet Goober podcast. We um, are a podcast that is based on my blog, also known as The Gourmet Goober, which you can find online at thegourmetgoober.com. We talk about food. We talk about pop culture. And um, right now we're talking about, I don't know why, like, we have a co-star that is a cat who is over there going to town licking himself. <laughs> they didn't even know that. <laughs> I'm, I was just distracted. Literally, he's just licking himself up and down. Like, what the hell? But, we we have two giant cats in our house. One is Jelly Bean and one is Bit Bit, which is hilarious because Bit Bit is huge. But Jelly Bean is going to be joining us for the podcast. So I guess he's just hanging out. Yeah. Okay. Get your little coaster. You, well, you want a writing credit too? <laughs> All right, little blue. Hey, hey. He's not at Blue Ivy level yet. <laughs> okay. Get yours on. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, we are really happy to be back, and as a reminder, we are moving to a bi-weekly um, episode, so we're recording this, um, and it'll drop on this upcoming Monday. And hopefully it will be cooler than it is right now in the shy. Oh my god, yes. I'm, seriously, like, the heat situation in Chicagoland is very real right now. What was it yesterday? Like 93, 94, a million degrees outside? Yeah, I think I saw like, you know, Jesus was wearing some sandals because his feet were hurting. But yeah, it's it's a little warmer right now in, oh, in Chicago really and Kansas that. City. It's a little warmer in Chicago than in Kansas City. Or in Kansas City, sorry, it's warmer than it is in like Houston or Miami. But it's quite hot. Let's just put it this way. Yesterday... I normally drive to work or I try to drive and and or take the bus or the train into the city. It just depends. I try to scatter it so I don't put so many miles in our car. And yesterday I took the train into work. And so I was waiting on this bus on my way home and I was like, screw it. I don't care if Lyft is charging like a million dollars to go from where I work the few miles to the blue line. <laughs> I would pay it easily because... In that 10 minutes that I waited for that bus to take me to the blue line, I swear I caught fire at least four or five times. You literally saw Ooh. Jesus like sitting at the bus stop like playing pinochle, weren't you? <laughs> what is what? Your analogies are so bad. <laughs> it was so hot, I saw the devil eating ice cream. <laughs> now, see, that makes better sense. It was pistachio. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> despite my husband's really bad analogies, um, if you wanted to share your thoughts on the Gourmet Goober, as always, you can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So if it's hot where you are, I sound like one of those radio peak DJs back in the day, like, what's the weather where you are? Thank you, <laughs> um, Al Roker. <laughs> you can let us know. So as always, we always like to start our podcast talking about how our week went. And okay. wow, that's kind of a 
difficult question to answer. So, Big Daddy, how was your week? Okay, so I guess I'm going to be the one that starts this downward spiral. <laughs> no, we'll try to pick it up as best as we can. The best thing I can say about my week is that I have learned more about myself as a human. And that's the positive part. The other part is I am more and more concerned about the welfare of us as a global community. Because throughout this week, you know, I have read a lot of stories about was gone on with um, the immigration agents who have frequented, frequented the Chicago land area looking for people who may or may not be uh, like documented. Now, that has not impacted me directly because I am a naturalized citizen of these United States of America. But um, in moving along, moving through the week and you know, all weeks are good and bad. They all have levels, but my week was more about um, the reactions of people and just in general. And I, I, I do worry about us as a community, all of us as a community, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, um, Middle American, Middle Eastern, um, Inuit, uh, we could go on and on, but all I say right now is that we have to do better, not only for ourselves, but also our good earth and our good seed, because as a God-fearing man, that we, we need to do better by our creator and our mother earth. That's all I can say about it. I think what Big Daddy is kind of alluding to, and to be honest, we kind of wrestled um, before, like every week before we do the podcast or every other week now that we record bi-weekly, um, we talk about and we try to lay out what we're going to discuss during the week. Mm. You know, we don't go into full detail, like making full notes, because we want it to be kind of a free-form conversation with y'all. But that said, um, it's kind of hard to not talk about our week and then talk about which is the news story that's been dominating everything about, you know, what's going on in Washington, you know, and we try to limit our conversation to politics. But in this case, it kind of, you know, flavor a week, the whole um, tweet situation with um, 45. We're going to refer to him as 45. Um, Orange Jewish. President 45. <laughs> Amongst other people. Um, who tweeted this week at four um, freshman Columbus women and alluded to them going back to where they came from. And for us, again, as two black individuals, um, people who are members of an under historically underrepresented and marginalized community in this society, those are very loaded words because we had a conversation about this is something that I don't know a person of color, particularly a black or brown person who's never been told at once in their life as they're just going about their business. You know, you need to go back from where you come from. You don't belong here. And the pain and hurt that that comes up with and dealing with that and knowing that that's something that comes from the top now. Yeah. And I know that some people will say, Oh, well, 
you know, what he said wasn't indirectly racist. He didn't mention their by color. You can mention by name. Or we're not going to go into that conversation. One, because I'm not going to insult your intelligence. We all know from where that came from. Okay, yes. that was a really big thing to say. I don't know anybody who has ever in my whole ass life told me, go back to where you come from. And oh, by the way, you're a fine human being. No, they don't really mean that. They mean that because of the color of my skin, I am an other and I don't belong there. Yeah. And historically, this has been something that is words that have been used to weaponize in order to hurt our feelings, in order to try to lessen our place in society. Try to diminish our shine. Trying to diminish our sign. To take away our very humanity. And it's... It's... There is no good use for it. There's no other way. I'm just going to say, I'm sorry. It's it's a racist thing to say. If you don't agree with me, I'm sorry. Maybe you shouldn't listen to the podcast because we're two black people. That's how we feel. Yeah, and, bear with us because we... All we know is what we know as the way we grew up. And the best way I can say it is the first time someone ever said that to me is when I was fairly younger and I was in a, uh, just outside of a grocery store, like actually waiting for my mother to come out with her groceries. And someone was saying before, as I was standing around, like, why don't you go back to where you came from or go back, maybe like referencing going back to Africa. But I think they just say, go back to where, you know, just go back to where you came from. And I'm like, I'm from down the street, like six or seven blocks this way. Um, I'm still waiting on my mama, so I can't go back to where I came from. But let's it be known that my mother's reaction at that time was a lot more spirited, as we'll say. She was not having it. And she basically told this person in so many colorful terms where they could go back to. It was not pretty. Yeah, and I was sharing with Big Daddy because what happened was when the tweet happened, I remember you were asleep and I was just, I was really kind of shaken And when you woke up and I told you what happened. And it just brought back memories for me. I think I was about six the first time that someone said that to me. Okay. And no, 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 no. I, I was eight. And the reason why I know that is that that was when I left um, St. Andrews, which was the all-black cafe school that I went to when I was a little kid. And they started integrating some of the township schools in Indianapolis. And I was part of that generation that was bused in and they expanded what a township was. And I just remember going to these classes and they would ask me all sorts of weird questions and a lot of my classmates had never had black classmates before. And so they would ask all sorts of insane things. Like, do so, you want the government cheese father? Yeah. Or do you, you, like one time I was pulled out of class because they didn't believe that I knew my father. Do you know your father? Like they, they had us fill out all these paperwork, right? And like, you know who you are. And I understand they want to make sure that if, we qualify for services. They want to make sure that they give it to us. But some of the teachers were shocked because they would ask, like, so wait, so your parents are married, aren't you? Yeah. I, I, at that point, I didn't know. I was very naive. So, I mean, I knew people that were divorced, but the whole inclination that my father was present in my life 
mm-hmm. was just foreign to them. And so I had a lot of classmates who asked me just asinine things because their parents told them really racist ass things about black people. Did you know where to get the good Kool-Aid bottles? <laughs> Do you know where? Not even, no, not that. But just, okay. but just like, they were surprised that I could read as well as I could. They mm-hmm. were surprised the way I spoke. And yes, one of the teachers said to me, and I'll never forget this. Okay. Why can't all the, the black kids that I know be so well-behaved like you, the rest of them can go back to where they came from? They're so well-spoken. And I had no idea. And so I came home and I told my mother, and my mother, like your mother, was <laughs> very livid. And keep in mind... Hey, your mom was livid. <laughs> my mother was spirited. <laughs> I'm trying to be as nice as possible because every day my mom was really angry spirited. about something that they told me. Yes. Like, they would say, you know, so why are you on welfare? Like, the whole welfare queen was popular back then? And they're like, why are you on welfare? And I didn't know what welfare was. And I'd come back and ask my mom, and my mom is like, I'm a nurse. I'm a freaking nurse. Your father's a cement mason. Your father helped build that school that you go to. Mm-hmm. Literally. He helped pour it. And so every day she was like, do I need to come up there? But yeah, when I was set and it was inclined that you should go back to where you came from, it was very loaded. And even then, my little eight-year-old mind, even though I was naive, I knew what they meant by that. They meant that you don't belong. And so the whole thing about as we're struggling to integrate into this school and, you know, we're meeting people we've never spoken to before to hear that from teachers, from adults, and Mm -hmm. now hearing it from the president, it just brought back all of those feelings again. And I was just like, what if I was a little kid now and you hear that? Because now what's happened is it's opened the floodgates and now people are just like, okay, hey, it is totally okay for us to be just like, forget the pretense, forget all, you know, pretending about being polite. No, we're just going to go full, you know, George Wallace on you. And I I just, there are certain times during my life that having people be so upfront with their bigotry has happened. And it's always been an uncomfortable experience. Like I don't, I don't talk a lot about it a lot, but I went to grad school um, and I was very fortunate after I graduated after Big Daddy and I met, I got a full scholarship, an assistantship, to go to the University of Southern Mississippi to get my master's degree. Let me be clear for those of you who are listening, because apparently there is this idea that actually some people had approached me with at some point mm-hmm. and thinking that how affirmative action works in colleges is that you get a free college education. Women, and so women, when people, women, women. yes, yes, I've actually been told that. And I'm like, uh, no, I had student loans. I paid for that. <laughs> yeah, as many, as many times as my parents had to pay for me just to get through, like, you know, forget the room and board, like, you know, just the tuition. Um, right, free education. cheap back then. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, free education, huh? I suggest you tell my parents that because you owe them a lot of damn money. No, I've actually been told that before, and it's actually one of those things that 
So when I tell people, when I start off this story and tell people I got a graduate assistantship, they automatically, some people have actually approached me and say, it's because you're black. No, it's because I spent three years working my way through school, working for Housing Residence Life, and I became a residence hall director. And in exchange for working 24-7, managing a room, I mean, a dorm of about 347 freshman women and Keeping being on them. call all the time. Keeping all them damn little punks in line. Yes. I got my room and board and my tuition paid for. So I worked for that. Um, yeah, and I went to school, keep me in line. And I went to school full time while I was doing that. And getting a master's degree and a two-year program, mind you, I finished it in a year and a half. It took her a long time to get me in line. I was a very problem uh, dormitory We're talking student. about grad school. You weren't even with me in grad school. You didn't even go to grad school. Shut up. <laughs> they don't need to know that. Anyway. Anyway, so what? the reason why I bring this up is that- Undergrad. Stop. <laughs> when I went to grad school in Mississippi- having grown up and being born and raised in Indiana. First of all, Mississippi was, it's not something place that I'd never been to before because my mom is from there. And so I spent a lot of my summers there. So I thought, Oh, this is fine. Not realizing I spent a lot of my summers there surrounded by family. Okay. And so when I went to live there, it was a whole different animal. Like I'll never forget one time I just wanted ice cream and I went to the grocery store and I got some Bluebell. And mm. some lady was just like, she was ringing me up and she goes, you know, I don't normally like your kind. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care if you like me. Just ring up my damn Bluebell ice cream. But just the fact that she felt comfortable enough in that space to tell you that. And I'm just, it was very jarring for me. It was one of the first times I'll never forget that I was straight up called the N-word by someone who worked for me. Like, being a hall director, I ran this building. She called you Nutella? No, she didn't call me Nutella, you goober. Did you look like Nutella? <laughs> I knew a friend named Nutella. You look like her. Stop it. I get you. I'm you trying to make it light. good and well she called me the N-word. Like, she called me a nigger. Because Can you say that word on podcasts? Look, we're just going to go there this week. Okay. So she called me a nigger, and I remember that because there are many times that I called you from grad school in Mississippi, and I was in tears, like, I don't know if I can finish this out. Yes. Because it was just so jarring and so overwhelming. And words mean things, and words carry weight. And I just remember just feeling so defeated every day and, like, not knowing how I was going to finish. And God willing, I was able to finish and this is not to say that Mississippi is any more racist than living up north. They're just more open with it. Yep. They are just more, many places down south, they just don't have a filter. Just like that lady who rung me up and decided, you know, as I, you know, ring up her chocolate chip cookie dough bluebell ice cream, let me serve that with a side of racism. Mmm, bluebell. That I didn't need. Yeah. So hearing that and reliving that, in the statement, and I'm just like, oh my God, it's just, it's everywhere. And just having to emotionally dealing with the baggage that comes from that this week really was a challenge. And so, although there are many other things that gave us joy this week, and we'll talk about that in the next segment, um, I just want to be up in front and being honest. 
when we talk about our week that, yeah, this week was really bad, as it probably was for a lot of black and brown people. So first of all, if I could say something, I'm sorry to dominate the conversation. I didn't mean to. I just realized I've been talking a lot. <laughs> the whole idea of self-care really comes into play here. Okay. Because at one point, and I'm a news junkie, and we both are news junkies. We both study journalism. Yes. And we, when we first met years ago, we talked about the news all the time. That was like how we bonded. I had to turn off the news because I was just like, you know what? I can't just keep reliving the microaggression of turning on the news and feeling that way. You know, later on in the week when he let the chance of send her, send her back, I'm just like. Send her back to where? Exactly. They're all American citizens. But I'm just like, I'm just not going to relive that. So this is my statement for those of you who know that. And again, I'm not going to insult your intelligence. We all know the implied feeling behind it and the whole idea that we don't belong is something that is, it weighs on your your everyday soul because we hear those things, but then we're supposed to go to work. We're, we're yeah. supposed to go about our lives, you know? I have bills to pay. It's not like I can say, I'm sorry, I'm taking this day off because I'm having an emotional moment because the leader of the free world is basically implying that we don't, anyone that looks like this doesn't belong here. I mean, we don't get that time. It would be great. But, you know, I just had to turn off the news and like do things that take care of myself. And so um, I found myself watching the regular show, which if you guys have never seen the regular show, the regular show on Cartoon Network. First of all, I don't even know why it's on Cartoon Network. That is not a kid's show. <laughs> Cartoon Network itself sometimes <laughs> isn't always of, you know, kid-like programs. I don't know how they get on the Cartoon Network and not adults with. That is not a kid's show. Mm. But I can tell you that show had was just absurd enough that it, got that it gave through, me joy. It got you through the 2016 elections. Oh my gosh, yes. I At one point, I... I turn off the news because I don't want to hear the pundits and I just watched the regular show. So I went into regular mm-hmm. show mode again. But then also I was thinking about, okay, you know, since we're a foodie podcast in part, maybe talking about and focusing on things that like give us comfort. Yes. Well, true. One of the things I got to say is yes. When things like this go down in the world, people, all people find escapes in so many different ways. And let's just say that, yes, we find escapes in so many different things, like watching uh, mindless programs or, you know, enjoyable programs like um, sports, which in which I work with. But, you know, when that started to permeate sports, whether it be through our hands or through other people's microaggressions, that's when it became problematic or, us being a foodie podcast, or we talk about pop culture and foodie, a lot of the transgressions, as my wife has so indicated, seem to go down in the supermarket. So thus, there really is starting to become less and less places, like even our own home, where these things don't just permeate through the walls. And it would really be helpful, us as a community, to just chill the hell out. All of us. And that is a good point. Um, 
actually, right before we recorded today, you may have heard of um, the um, congresswoman out of Georgia, congresswoman. Her name is Erica Thomas. Yes. She's trending right now on Twitter with the hashtag I stand with Erica. And the reason for that is that Erica was in a grocery store. Um, She was shopping. First of all, let me just take, just as a side note, if y'all are listening, and so you many listen, side notes, yeah. You listen to this podcast regularly, you know that one of my places of joy, besides the regular show, besides comfort food, is grocery shopping. That yes. is like my thing. She grocery so shops. I, I just love it. I find zen in it. I don't know why. There's no reason why. Just give me that. Okay. That said, if y'all come up to me and step to me the way you did to this woman in this grocery store, you just gonna have to have bill money. Okay. Don't don't interrupt my Zen at Pete's Market or H Market, which I've discovered this weekend. It's fabulous. But seriously, don't harsh my joy with your bigotry. Otherwise, you and I are going to have a disagreement. She's okay. going to catch some asparagus spears in the ass. <laughs> that would be hard to do and funny at the same time. Okay. But seriously, this is actually a horrible thing. So Georgia lawmaker Erica Thomas just to let you know how the words at the top permeate our society. Mm-hmm. She was grocery shopping and keep in mind, she is nine months pregnant. So she's ready to pop. She is nine months pregnant and she's grocery shopping with her daughter. She's in Publix, which by the way, seriously, how could you be mean in Publix? Publix is one of the greatest grocery stores in the world. But it's not Piggly Wiggly. It's like Disney World for foodies. So anyway, it's not Win Dixie. Stop! Never I've never been to any of these places. They just sound so damn cool. Shut up. Okay, <laughs> I'd say that with love. Thank you. <laughs> but no, no. Can you hate nobody in Piggly Wiggly or Publix or Publix? But anyway, so she goes through the ten. You know, the ten items are less line, right? Yes. And she had fifteen items with her, but she was pregnant. And let's face it, we have all gone through that ten items or less line. And sometimes had more items. Oh, that's just wrong. So apparently this man approached her and verbally accosted her and told her to go back where she came from, that he called her out of her name. He said that she was no good. This woman was in tears in front of her daughter. And here's the kicker. In front of her daughter? Yes. And Mm -hmm. here's the absolute kicker. This man was telling her that she doesn't belong and she should go back to where she came from. You know where her husband is? Her husband is in active duty right now. He's in the military. So he's off representing his damn country. And you decide, Mr. Bigot, to do this to this woman. And you just feel free to do it because it's it's okay now. And I'm just, no, no. So going back to Mm self-care, my heart goes out to her. I tweeted her, you know, I hope that... she has lots of people who are sending her love and joy because no pregnant woman, no person should go through this. But especially when you're pregnant, you're without your partner because he's serving in the military. You're with your child, so your child has to see that. None of that is okay. And the idea that we live in a country now that it's going to happen more and more, that's not right. And this is not this is not okay. And for people to not speak out to others and use your voice as an ally, if you're in that privileged space, 
you've got a responsibility to do, but for marginalized people in marginalized communities, you know, this is just my message of love of just taking care of yourself, doing what you need to do, turn off the TV if you need to, step away from social media. Social media, there's so much gaslighting going on. But just giving yourself that space and grace to be okay because this is going to be, and I laugh because I don't want to cry right now, but. No, we don't want you to cry. This is just going to be just the worst of it. And. It could be so much better. Let me just say first and foremost to the, you know, to those who are veterans or, you know, the family of veterans, you know, we stand with you. We give you great praise and great joy because I know it's not hard to, you know, have to wait on, you know, those people who are serving, who have given their time and effort to go out and do things that a person like me does not have the strength or courage to do, even from the top, those people who send you out there, um, but did not have the courage to serve. And to those who, as you would say, the biggest and whatever, let me, let me speak to the person. Cause I don't know this person who was up in the store yelling at this, uh, this Congress person. Um, if you're in a, I don't know, uh, express aisle and person in front of you has 50 items. Why don't you think about that person and think what she may be going through? Let's say she has 15 and you have five or six items. You know, maybe you have seven items. Lose two. And then help her out. How's that? Let's start with that. Help that person out. You know how to express things? Shut the hell up and let her get through her day. And then you worry about your day. As opposed to acting a fool. Yeah. Seriously. Come up off it. Yell at someone like, okay. Yeah, just come up off of it. Think about people other than yourself. How about that? And the sad thing is we both know that that really happened because he didn't think of her as a person. Yeah. That's why he felt comfortable enough to say that. And that's why I said, as we go through these times, and let's face it, this is not something that is new. What is new is that it's we're going back to a time where it's socially okay in the discourse where people are going without the filter. So all I can say is, you know, find things that give you joy and joy, whether it's, you know, working out, whether I love to cook. So I've been focusing on making some good stuff that make us feel good. Whether it's boxing, (laughs) where there's lots of emergency chocolate as one person does in my office. Whatever, whatever that thing is, yeah, um, kung fu. It it is okay, despite my husband's silliness. It all joking aside, it is okay to take care of yourself and drop out if you need to. And so I'm I'm saying this because I know that self care wasn't a part of something that I was brought up with, mm-hmm. and I just want to make sure that you know if you consider yourself an ally, please check on your friends of color. Okay. You know, that would be the right thing to do because, honestly, this is a very difficult moment. Why don't you and having those people, difficult conversations. Yeah. And then if you are one of the marginalized groups that are targeted, either if you're Muslim or black or brown or LBGTQ, there's just so many people on the side now that feel like the targets are on them. You know, do what you can to take care of yourself right now because it's important. 
So we're going to shift gears. You know what? We could just spend the whole podcast talking about this, and I don't want to do that. Well, hold on. Let's, let's ask ourselves, what brings you joy? You know what brings me joy? Mm-hmm. You know what really brings me joy? And you know that. Supermarket shopping? Yes. Supermarket shopping brings me lots of joy. <laughs> but honestly, we were talking, Big Daddy and I were talking before we started recording about, okay, comfort food. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole idea of when you were in a bad way, like when you were just in a mood. Like, what stuff gives you comfort, right? And so, I, for example, I and I don't know where this comes from. This is actually kind of weird. Like, when I call Big Daddy and I have, like, the worst day at work, mm-hmm. he knows that my go-to comfort food, believe it or not, is eel sushi. Eel suki. I don't know why it has to be sushi. I don't know why it has to be eel. All I know is when I get the dragon roll from Fuji Sushi in Portage, Indiana, that's loaded with eel on top and avocado, that's my happy spot. (laughs) That brings me joy. (laughs) It's bait. (laughs) And Big Daddy, as you can tell, is not a sushi person. It is not bait. I like like shit cooked. The eel is cooked. Did you know that? No, not that I really care. (laughs) You're horrified that it's eel. Yes. It's eel suki bait. <laughs> but you like it, so yeah, I go get it. It's and it's so really cute because it. he doesn't even understand it. And he just knows now to just like walk into sushi restaurant. It's like, okay, my wife wants me to give you this. Yeah. I, I literally <laughs> He'll write it out. <laughs> yeah. I, she says, oh, I'm having a really hard day. I just walk up in there and I just point like, uh, she wants that. <laughs> right the eel suki, um, dragon roll. Uh, California rolls. I don't know why you snapper. call it su- suki. It's sushi. <laughs> I like to thank Terry Bradshaw, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's bait. That's all I know. Anyway, a dragon roll is one of my biggest comforts. I love it. It's something that just kind of puts me in a good zone. But then I was thinking outside of that, like, like what are other comfort foods that are out there? Like outside of a dragon roll. Mm-hmm. A Mississippi pot roast, which if you guys have never had a Mississippi pot roast, first of all, you need to get your damn life. Mississippi pot roasts are awesome, but they're hella, um, they're not the healthiest thing in the world. Let's like call it D not healthy. Like they have butter in them, don't they? It has like a whole stick of butter. A whole stick of butter. You've never seen me make it? Yes. Okay. Yes. I can smell it. I can hear it. Like you Lily, eat I it can, up, though. Like Lily Fat, like the little fat walks out of the kitchen and brings you back in and says, hey, guess what's going on here? I'm bringing fat to the party. <laughs> okay, you know what? This is a foodie podcast, so I'm going to give you guys, like, an incredible recipe for the Mississippi Pod Rose. So, and it's super easy to make. All you do... Is mm-hmm. you get a chuck roast, and I usually get like a three to four pound chuck roast. You get a packet of ranch dressing mix, okay? Hidden Valley Ranch, the dry mix. Mm-hmm. You get a packet of the odd juice gravy mix, and then you get some jarred pepperoncini peppers, and then you need a whole ass stick of butter. <laughs> and literally, what you do 
is you put the pot chuck roast in the bottom of your crock pot. I like to sear it first a little bit. Mm-hmm. You sprinkle the ranch and all juice mixes over the top of the roast. You add the butter and the pepperoncini peppers. And I usually put a little bit of juice from the pepperoncini. And then you close the lid and that's it. And it cooks for eight hours. Um, cook it on low. If you want to cook it on high, do that, but at least do it for at least four hours. Seriously, it is the most insanely flavorful, tasteful pot roast that I make. But I try not to make it too often because, one, I can't control myself and I've been known to lick the juice and it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, it is kind of kind of scary when you see your wife like, <laughs> sticking her tongue in a bowl. I don't, I know, no, I stick my finger in a bowl and then I eat the juice out of it after that I eat wouldn't the wouldn't so. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, seriously, oh my god, it like hits all the spots and it's, it has a good flavor and it has the peppers and they cook up really nice. Um, I usually make it with um, either mashed potatoes or if I want to oh, go, yeah. go there. Remember the one time that I made like the really creamy, cheesy um, garlic grits and I served it with the Mississippi pot roast? And you ate it all before you realized you were eating like cheesy garlic grits because you don't even like grits. Yeah, I don't like grits. But he ate the hell out of this. Yeah. And it's so good on top of it with the gravy. And I, that just puts me in like my happy place. I just love it so much. So what are your comfort foods? Like when, you, when you're like in a funk, what is it that can you can just savor and eat and it gets you right out of it? I don't know. I'm still still stuck on this Mississippi pot roast. <laughs> you know, I, like, I do have a chuck roast in there. I could make one this weekend. I'm still waiting on this gumbo, damn it. Look, I have three people looking for the okra right now. It's actually sad. I have people at work who are on gumbo vegetable watch for me. <laughs> like my boss, I was explaining her the gumbo, and she's like, okay, I'm going to Mariano's this weekend. If I see the okra, I will pick some up for you. So I can imagine her just bringing in some random okra on Monday for me. Mm-hmm. So we are on Gumbo. You have three people that's never met you looking for the okra. Because they like me. <laughs> they know that I want this gumbo, damn it. <laughs> so outside of that, what is your comfort food? You got to have some. You know, it's the fried pork chops and rice. That's your comfort food. Okay, that's one of my comfort foods. Yes, that's actually, that's not even really a comfort food. That's like my death row inmate food. <laughs> like your last yeah, meal. If that's my last meal, <laughs> pork chops, fried, you know, it could be grilled. But yeah, for the most part, with, you know, I admit, yes, fried pork chops and rice, very, very good. You know, with, because I like mine separated, separated, special. But yeah, one plate. Pork chops, rice, yeah, but um, I okay, I I, I do admit I'm I'm a big fan of you know I like pizzas, especially with sausage and pepperoni. Um, I really, 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 really love a good American burger. It could be I don't know you you could take it you know Mexican, you can take it French, you can take it wherever, but I really do love burgers. But uh, yeah, pork chops and rice. Um, one of the things I guess I really love I. Man, I don't want to make any racist jokes, but, you know, a man really does love a good fried chicken. 
Uh, I think everyone should love fried chicken. Yes. I know that's a stereotype, but seriously, like I have, I don't make it very often, but mm. you like my grandma or my cousin Vernon's buttermilk fried chicken. The one where he gets all excited when I get buttermilk because he knows that I'm, you have to soak the chicken in the buttermilk for at least overnight. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's buttermilk in the fridge, he's just like, yeah, she's making some. <laughs> yes. And especially when she goes in there and puts in work and like fries it hard. You know, I like good, you know, hard fried, like, you know, good but juicy inside fried chicken. Oh my gosh. Good fried chicken. Oh yeah. That that's Once definitely again, one of my favorites. Yeah, not trying to be, you know, like, you know, make any jokes or anything, but yeah. When I walk in the store or well, yeah, when I walk in a restaurant, <laughs> they know walking in, just like Dave Chappelle told me, they know I want it. The, the chicken. chicken. <laughs> the chicken is my bomb. But yeah, I have a couple of, uh, and I, of course, I like, you know, a good, you know, I like a good chocolate chip cookie too. You know what? It's interesting you say that because I thought it would be fun because this week was so stressful just to hear, hey, what are other, some other people's like go-to comfort foods? Mm. So um, I asked some of our friends on Twitter and on Facebook on Twitter um, Tanil Allen um, said that year round she turns to chocolate chip cookies, which I think is fabulous. <laughs> in the summer, how that me girl? <laughs> it's ice cream, mm-hmm. and in the fall and winter she claims pasta. And then special shout out to the kitchenista um, Angela Davis on Twitter. The one with the big pro? Um, no, no, no. It's another oh. one. Okay. <laughs> But um, actually, she's pretty awesome. She's um, she's made digital cookbooks, and she's um, she has this fun hashtag that I follow on Sunday called Kitchenista Sundays. Okay. But she has this recipe that I am dying to try. It's lamb lasagna. Lamb lasagna. And she and Tanel says it always makes me feel so much better after I eat it. So first of all, Tanel, thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> oh yeah, Angela girl, I'm trying your lamb lasagna. Oh, wait a minute. Lamb. Oh, lamb. Lamb. Lamb lasagna. What was that for? It, it's hey, I, It sounded really good in my head. Like, I was having Teddy Jam lamb lasagna. <laughs> I'm, I'm with this now. I'm, I'm down the with The youngsters don't know who Teddy Riley are. <laughs> Teddy Riley Am is. Am I that damn old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Teddy is lamb. <laughs> oh, man, I'm feeling old now. <laughs> My friend Tina actually came up with this really good thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, and this is interesting. Um, I've never tried this, and I admit I'm not the biggest cottage cheese fan, but this almost sounds interesting. So, in summertime, Tina craves cottage cheese and chips, but in winter, it's any pasta, but mostly tortellini with lots of cheese, which I gotta say, girl, anything with lots of cheese is okay with me. And then my friend Kristen, shout out to Kristen. She said pizza is a big one for her. And another Pasta? one, um, Kristen. Okay. Um, so she said she loves pizza. Pizza. And okay. then buttered pasta with Parmesan cheese. And then she said, and this is interesting. Did this pasta fall off a truck? <laughs> no. Did, did, was it delivered by a couple of guys, you know, from the docks? What is in your Diet Coke today? First of all, it's Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Shout out to my people at Pepsi. But yeah, every once in a while, you need a good pasta to fall off a truck. You know, things occur. Oh my gosh. You got to have good pasta. But anyway, she was saying about, you know, 
<laughs> just uh, just good posture. Anyway, she actually came up with this. <clears throat> so butter pasta with Parmesan cheese. And then she said, sometimes I mix tuna and mayo in it. And I know you're not a tuna fan, but I like tuna. And she said, I know it sounds gross, but it's kind of like a poor man's tuna casserole. I saw one of my neighbors eating it when I was in college. I've been hooked on it since. But it's a solitary meal, so it's not made for my husband and kids. And that's a good point, because there are certain things that are comfort food that you will just make for yourself, like mac and cheese. All her. All mine. Mm. In fact, okay, seriously. And I, I had this for breakfast last week, and I'm not ashamed. So you go to Aldi's, right? Aldi's has this mac and cheese. Um, and it's just a basic dry mac and cheese mix. Um, it, it has, I can't even think of it now. Um, I'll have to look it up. But Okay. Mac and cheese. Yes, and it's not even a fancy mac and cheese. It's a box mac and cheese okay. that they have, and and it's it, not like the cheese is like because you know I'm willing to like hook her up my wife with some mac and cheese like you know when the smoker, but at the same time you know I'm not a person who likes mac and cheese. I know I'm a little crazy for this, but yeah, I a good mac and cheese is good for you know your soul. For them, not so much for me. No, and it's their special edition one, and it has, gosh, I can't think of it. It's the special mushroom that's The in special it. mushroom? Does that special mushroom do anything to you? No! For you? You get Truffle! Feel- it's a truffle mac and cheese. Truffle mac and yes. cheese. Yes, so it's a truffle-flavored mac and cheese. Seriously, it's the most basic one. It comes with a powder. Okay. I make the mac and cheese, right? But then I add extra cheese to it and I go insane and I hook it up with like whatever cheese I have. And there's always cheese in our house. So usually it's like a hard cheddar. And then this last time we had this like smoked bacon cheddar um, cheese mm-hmm. that I added to it. And I just ate that for breakfast and it was heaven. And I, I you don't like mac and cheese. I would never make it for you. It's like my thing. She's starting but yes, to, mac and cheese, like individual for yourself, that's good comfort food. She started to float out of the kitchen. I, I don't, <laughs> I, 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 I was perplexed, but <laughs> she really liked it. So I guess that was a good thing. You know, another comfort food for you is popcorn. Popcorn? You always eat popcorn. That's like your, your, your good space. That's okay. I and admit, not just yeah. regular popcorn, but like when you go to Garrett's popcorn and you get the buttered popcorn when it's hot. Okay, yes, I do. Like, okay, for all you people that, you know, Chi-Town and no, no gears, because I know it's all touristy and whatever, like, everybody walks in there, right? And they get the mix. You know, yes, the should. cheese. The mix yeah. Is great. <laughs> yeah, the cheese corn with the caramel corn mix. Everybody likes their little Chicago mix, right? All right, here's the thing. I'm not a big cheese person. I can take cheese in certain amounts, but, like, my thing is, all right, I'll walk in the gears and I'll say, listen. I want some of your butter popcorn, fresh, right off the kiln. And I want some of that caramel corn, right? But I want them separate, all right, because I like things separated. <laughs> and then I literally, that's the, this is this is going to be my, you know, my, my hack. Immediately as you walk out the store, start hitting it. Like, put them together. Like, you know, I don't care, just take a bowl. 
the storm to get out. This is like how I like things. But to, it has together. to still be hot. It has to be hot. That's what I'm talking about. Like straight out the place. Eat it right there. Like right in front of the place. If you're in the middle of downtown Chicago, I don't care where it is. I don't care if you're in the middle of the damn street. Literally start eating it right there. When it's hot, when it's butter, when it's that, that caramel and it's hot. Oh my God. I'm up. I'm like, I'm flirting. I'm like Pat LaBelle walking around, kicking my shoes off. I don't know how I'm walking around Chicago barefoot, but damn it, that's some good popcorn. Whew. I'm starting. I'm having flashbacks. Excuse me. Notice he's never shared this with me. I'm you never know. around. I'm never around when you have it. Because, yeah, you're never with me when I go get it. <laughs> but that would be your individual, like, comfort food thing that cheers you up. Yes. So we're going to wrap this segment up. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Again, this is to say that whatever gives you food and comfort and joy this week and the next as we go through these next few months, be sure to kind of give yourself that space and grace to enjoy it. Um, and now I really want Mississippi pot roast for dinner. And now I want some popcorn. <laughs> Hot butter. So Hot we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and our next segment, we're going to be talking about pop culture, pop culture, but instead of what's pop eating cool. us this week, as we normally talk about, we're, we're going to end this, um, this podcast about what gives us joy. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we thought was really cool in pop culture this week. So you're listening to the gourmet goober and we'll be right back. Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Lorano. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. Hey guys, and we are back. So again, you're back listening to the Gourmet Goober. Hopefully we still have all of our, our <laughs> listeners. Yes, and again, we know that what we talked about the first segment was kind of heavy, but, and like I said, Big Daddy and I were talking about, do we bring it up? Do we not bring it up? And I'm just like, you know what? And you brought up this very good point that we would not be us and being honest with talking about our week if we didn't talk about the one big thing that affected us and affected, you know, how our well-being and just our concern about everyone in general. And so, yeah, um, sometimes we just go with that. So hopefully we didn't offend. But if we did, maybe that's on you. That's nothing to do with us. Um, you know what? The other thing we were talking about on break. <laughs> She's but laughing. I'm laughing because I still think your response was hilarious. <laughs> My response was hilarious. No, no. About the ranch dressing thing. <laughs> oh, the ranch. Oh, my God. I don't think ranch counts as comfort food. It's just, it's just something that's essential. <laughs> Okay, so this week or in the last 24 hours, I found out that ranch is a condiment in B. <laughs> you did not just find that out. I told you that. Yeah, you but just, I wasn't listening. You just thought it was just me until it happened. That's yes. what you thought. Oh, I learned. 
Oh, I, I was going like they say, <laughs> you're going to learn today. I learned. <laughs> so what happened was last night, Big Daddy picked me up from the train station when I came home. And he's like, you know what? I've just been busy today. I didn't have a chance to cook. So I'm like, let's go out to dinner. Let's let's grab some meat. Yeah, so, so we hit Applebee's. <laughs> so we wound up going to Applebee's. And when we were Applebee's, um, like I got like a burger and some fries and something basic. And then you got like the baby back ribs, was it? Yes. And Brother got to have his ribs. So you got the baby back ribs and then you got um, fries. And then you totally shocked me because you ordered broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep my girlish figure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, remember that next time I make you broccoli. Because usually you like, did you like cook it with garlic? Did, did you hit it over the little bacon? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, am I missing the bacon? Am I missing the sauce? I'm going to remember it's like, hey, remember your girl is figure now. You're just plain broccoli. Yes, I, I partook of broccoli. Because I felt it was too much. I didn't want to get like kill the starch <laughs> or overdo it. But yes, I got broccoli with that. So at one point when we were eating, you asked for me to pass you the ketchup. And I thought the ketchup was for the fries. No, the ketchup was for the broccoli, of all things. And you were just, like, adding flavor to it. And I'm like, first of all, I've never in my whole ass life ever seen anyone eat ketchup with broccoli. But to be fair, as long as I know me, you put ketchup on very unusual things. Like, you put it on tacos mm -hmm. and things like that. Like, you've always been that way. Yes, and this is the reason why is because when I went to college, there were some things in the dormitory lunchroom that it took a little um, help <laughs> needed to uh, choke it down. Yeah, limelight chicken comes to mind. Yes. <laughs> Ketchup was partaking upon the limelight chicken that I needed to choke it down with certain things. And yeah, the, my number one condiment for, you know, uh, eating with things i just need a sauce for anything i will eat anything reasonable if i can put some ketchup on it so and i was like of all things why did you choose ketchup mm -hmm. and then you said oh well you know i would have chosen ranch but that wasn't an option and i looked at you like you were nuts and i was like this is the midwest baby ranch is always an option yes we eat ranch with everything. And I know growing up in Gary in a chocolate city, maybe you're not as familiar with how ubiquitous ranch is to like everyday life to the rest of Indiana. But let me tell you, ranch is a thing. It's like a condiment. You you dip your pizza in ranch. You dip your chips in ranch. You dip your hot wings in ranch. It's ranch. And as I was talking to him, out of the blue, our waitress just shows up. Did I hear you say ranch? I can get you some. It's free. And I was like, yes, my husband wants it for his broccoli. No questions asked. She goes and gets the ranch. You have this look of just utter shock. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm sitting there. We're having a conversation. <laughs> I introduce her to the, uh, I say to my wife, the concept of, yeah, I'm not a traditional uh, dressing eater. I literally have just started eating uh, foods with dressing, let's say within the last year or two, just because, you know, because as I'm eating more and more vegetables and more and more salads that I'm willing to, yeah, I, I, I want, you know, to partake of things. And yes, that includes different dressings such as salads and islands, Caesar, 
and now ranch. And literally, we are talking, and she says, you know, ranch is plentiful and whatever, this being my wife. And I'm like, okay, but, you know, I didn't, when I ordered my food, I did not order it with ranch. And my wife says, no, ranch is plentiful. You know, if you literally ask the lady right now for some ranch or whatever, she'll bring you some ranch. No questions asked. Yeah, and literally (laughs) as we are talking, unprovoked, the lady, our waitress walks by (laughs) and says, oh, you need ranch? Okay, I can get you some. It was like, instead of Thanos snapping and, like, reducing the world, like, Snap and there's ranch. <laughs> yeah, literally, like it was almost as if you just say the magic buzzword and like Alexa says, Hey, there's ranch. Ranch will be plentiful. Ranch <laughs> is everywhere in the Midwest. I, 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 hey, I did not know this. And so this he, is weird, wild stuff. So he looks at me and he's like, So you really weren't kidding about that, right? And I'm like, Look, <laughs> there is very few things. <laughs> That I could say that I pick up skill wise in my childhood growing up in Indianapolis. <laughs> mm-hmm. But one thing I did know is yes, ranch is kind of universal. You can just, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what restaurant you're at, ranch doesn't even have to be on the menu. You could just say, yeah, I'd like some ranch with that. And they just know. <laughs> ranch, like, and I can't speak yeah. to it being everywhere because when I lived in Tampa, and I went okay. somewhere. I think it was Bennigan's. Remember Bennigan's? Oh, I miss Bennigan's. Yeah, Bennigan's has some pretty decent food. But I was eating rings, and they were like, oh, yeah, and here's your blue cheese. I'm like, oh, can I have ranch? And my <laughs> friend was just like, why is it that you have ranch with everything? And I looked at her like she was nuts, like, because it's ranch. Duh. And I think I've talked about this before about Yes, I know ranch is like the basic bitch of condiments, but it's really I'm sorry, great. The and basic bitch of condiments. <laughs> ranch is basic. Well, let's face it. Ranch is basically mayo with spices in it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's pretty basic. <laughs> it's really a basic condiment, but it's so good. So that's why a couple um, weeks ago when we started the podcast and we were talking about hood snacks. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, the Migos gets me. Because all of their wrap snacks have a dab of ranch in it. And I'm just like, uh, yes. They feel me. Yeah. So I don't know where they're from. But Offset, you and your crew, y'all can hang with me anyone Because you know the power of ranch. And now my husband does too. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Ranch is a thing. I'm sitting here thinking, yeah. I was going to be like, who and like, you know, I don't know. Whip out some of the barbecue sauce that I have for the ribs, but no, we literally were just at the table, just talking in conversational tones about ranch. And all of a sudden, we just—it <laughs> was like pressing a button on the flight. Like Lily, waitress shows up, ranch. You mentioned ranch in some spots, and someone will just show up and give it to you. Yeah, that's just the Midwestern way. <laughs> wait a minute, hold on, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me try. Wait a minute, ranch. Well, actually, there's ranch in the fridge, so I could go get you some. Garçon? Garçon? Le ranch? Actually, le barbecue? Uh, I try. Okay, so now that we've really, like, alienated the other half of our audience, you're not in love with ranch like I am. Basic. (laughs) There are some really good things that happened this week, and so we decided, because we know that for so many of our listeners, it was really stressful this week. 
that we talk about things that gave us joy in pop culture. So we flipped the script. So one thing that I'm so excited about is that The Lion King um, is coming out this weekend. First of all, I don't even know why they keep calling it live action. It's not like they actually got real lions to talk. I mean, this is animated. That would be a good trick. That would be awesome. If like you could put some peanut butter on their gums and not get eaten up and have the lion talk and have James Earl Jones voice come out of it, that would be the ultimate parlage threat. Yes. But since that is not <laughs> let's just be clear, it's not live action, it's computer animated. But okay. it looks pretty awesome. And the most amazing thing that I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting her to do was, and I guess that's on me, because, duh, it's Beyonce. But for those of you who are, like, fans of hers, Mm -hmm. the Lion King soundtrack, um, she came out, it's called The Lion King, The Gift. It is a really incredible soundtrack. And so it, it dropped on... Thursday night, so you could actually hear it now if you haven't already done so. Everything with Beyonce just kind of drops. You never, she never really announces it. It's just Beyonce is just gonna say, you know what? Boom, there it is. Well, Beyonce is kind of like the waitress in you know the ranch dressing. She just did poof, you wait, 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 she just appears on. Wait a minute, that's kind of a, that's kind of a Taylor Swift thing type of thing. Oh. Like, wait, you just gonna like put Beyonce and branch dressing together? That's so basic. Like, okay, that's like, okay, okay. Now, you put some hot sauce with Beyonce, <laughs> or like you know some Bama Texas sauce or something. Okay, first of all, please forgive me, Beehive. I am not comparing Beyonce to red dressing. I would never do that. Never go but, basic. But what I'm saying is. Just like the situation with the ranch dressing where poof, it just appears out of the blue. Yeah. A new Beyonce album could just appear out of the blue like that. And so you must always be vigilant of that. Okay. And so the cool thing is that her album, it's not just her. So it's her, Childish Gambino is on it. Um, as you know, Donald Glover is the voice of Simba, the adult Simba. But she also features some really great singers from Nigeria, South Africa, Cameroon, Ghana. I mean, it is a really incredibly diverse group of voices. But nobody from the Bronx. Well, I'm I'm not really sure where some nobody of the- from Brooklyn. Wait a minute. She has Jay Z in the spot. Jay Z is on one of the album's songs. There we go. See, that's what she <laughs> needs. More of this needs more Hova in there. Like, yeah, Jay Z is on the album song. I believe it's called Mood Forever, okay. and it's actually really good. Cool, but um. But the whole album is just amazing to listen to yesterday. Um, and you don't have to have title to hear it. So, for example, I have Amazon Music, so I heard it on Amazon Music. I've heard it on it's hits iTunes and Spotify now. Um, so definitely get a chance to see it. If you're looking for more of the traditional, like, Hakuna Matata songs. Hakuna I be- Matata. And some of the songs yeah. that we know and love from the original Lion King. And let me just say, I am a fan of the original Lion King. I've seen the original, I've seen the stage play, and now I'm going to see this remake. Um, and my I, first time I will see The Lion King for the first time ever. I don't understand that. How is it that you can live through the 90s and not see The Lion King? The same way I got through the 80s without ever seeing E.T. That, again, confuses me, too. I'm a weird bird. I get it. Like, 
how is that even possible? I just never saw it or never wanted to see it. It just happens. And nothing against The Lion King. I'm sure it's, you know, an absolutely epic play, movie, whatever. It's just, no, because it was Disney probable. I just never wanted to go see it. But yeah, back to this whole grand Beyonce thing. Soundtrack and all. Well, the Lion King motion picture soundtrack is different from the Lion King, the gift. So if you want to sing along to like Hakuna Matana and be prepared, you can totally do that. Um, And that's available. But if you get a chance to, please see the gift. I would compare it to if, again, if you're a fan of the original Lion King, you know that there's a Lion King. And then there was another companion album that was released um, with it, which is really hard to find now. And I'm lucky I still have the CD. It's called, I think it's Rhythms from the Brideland. Okay. But it's like a companion album and it is just, just gorgeous. There's this song that always brings me to tears called He Lives in You. Mm-hmm. And it's by a South African um, artist, I believe, named Hebo. And it, Seriously, every time I hear that song, it just makes me openly weep because it's just so beautifully done. And you get the same, all the same feels from The Lion King, um, The Gift. But there's one song in particular that everyone on Twitter is going insane about, and for good reason. It's called Brown Skin Girl. I thought you were going to give me like, you know, Beyonce with Before I Let You Go. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, That's off of Homecoming. She's blessed us with two albums, girl. Yeah, you were doing that. She's a busy girl. (laughs) But no, um, this is a song called Brown Skin Girl. Mm -hmm. She performs with um, an African artist named Wizkid. And then, believe it or not, on the song is her seven-year-old daughter, Blue Ivy Carter. So you get to hear her sing the um, the opening song. It's the opening part of the song she sings with Wizkid. The end of the song, it's her repeating those lyrics, and it's just her singing. First of all, girlfriend inherited her mama and daddy's pipes. So good for her, and she just sounds so adorable. Second of all, believe it or not, she doesn't just sing on this part. She actually gets a writing credit. Okay. Get this. This seven-year-old probably is going to make more in residuals in her entire life from this one song than we ever will. Because she got a writing credit on this song. And the lyrics are amazing. It's it's all about taking pride in your skin, your rich brown skin, and celebrating the melanin. And again, going... First of all, this song could not have been released at a better time, considering what's all going on. And for many of us, again, not to revision the first seg- revisit the first segment, but, you know, the feeling of being made other if you don't look the same as your other classmates. I remember being in certain classes in elementary school, the gifted classes where I was the only black kid ever. And it was just, you know, being asked questions about your skin tone and not feeling proud of that. And no, this is a song that celebrates that. And the lyrics, um, the intro, I'll just read you the intro. I wish I could play the song, but I don't have that Beyonce money. That if we get sued for singing. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to have that. No. Yeah, I don't we have don't that have Beyonce, Beyonce scratch. But um, the intro is brown skin girl, your skin just like pearls, the best thing in the world. Never trade you for anybody else. Singing yeah. brown skin girl, your skin just like bro- pearls, the best thing in the world. I'll never trade you for anyone else singing. 
And it's such a beautiful song. It does sound beautiful. At one point, um, Beyonce sings a line, pose like a trophy when Naomi's walk in. She need an Oscar for that pretty dark skin. Pretty like Lupita when the cameras close in. Drip brought the levy like McKelly roll in. So she names all of her. She names some really incredible people like Naomi Campbell, like Lupita Nyong'o, like Kelly um, from Destiny's Child, Kelly Rowland. Um, she doesn't mention Michelle. She doesn't mention Michelle? No. See, that's what, that's what messed this whole song <laughs> up. Anyway, she mentions all these beautiful, dark-skinned Black women. And again, it's, it's just, it's so needed. You know, because colorism is a thing, and I'm not going to go into that because that's a whole nother album. Google is free, yo. Yeah. If you don't understand that, hit that Google. But it's just, it's so life-affirming and uplifting, and it's so beautiful. You know, she refers to her daughter's nappy curls and, you know, braids, and it's just... I I was listening to it on the train, and um, yeah, it it it, it really was serious, yeah. it really was a beautiful moment. And to go on Twitter and see people celebrating that song, and you know, being seen, you know, mm-hmm. that was that was everything. There's actually a video clip of Lupita Nyong'o getting her life, knowing that she got name dropped in this song. And if you've not seen that, I believe you tweeted it, or did you post it on Instagram? Uh, I think I retweeted it on Twitter. Yeah, but seeing her get her entire damn life, it is just worth that moment of joy. <laughs> I do admit it was very cool. And it was just, I don't know, I guess for the you know for the dark skinned brothers like me, you know, for the deep chocolate, it, it was good to you know to see our sisters being lifted up and praised and given love. For those, because, you know, it's, in short, it's not easy, you know, to have the world kind of keep breaking you down. But at the same time, being able to see people be lifted up and have a different shade or marker being recognized and loved, like I would hope to do. And that I would hopefully, that people would hopefully do for me and all the other, like, you know, young ladies and men who go through this. But you know what the song was missing? Jay Z. That's all I'm saying. Well, Jay Z is on another song. I know he's on a song, but that like, song you is got, called Brown Skin Girl. Yeah, but you got it's not like Brown you know, Skin Girl, her daddy. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you could at least have a little something, you know, like you got Beyonce <laughs> and uh, Blue Ivy, but you don't have, you know, Sean Cott. You know, every once in a while. He's on like, another. Look, he's y'all, on. Wait a minute. Can he, he, be, can he just jump song. in the song a little bit? Can no. he just like drop a little? Oh, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's your boy. You're ruining a really gorgeous moment for Blue. No, no, I'm. Just, hey, it's about her. Nothing wrong with that. She's gonna have plenty of time. She's gonna get more writing credits. Can Jay Z just can a brother get a minute? He got a, a minute. He got a whole ass song. Mood Forever. It's actually a good one. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, if you guys have a chance to hear it, I do strongly recommend it because from it, the rock, it is really a moment of just incredible joy. And if you think. You know, I'm not a brown-skinned person. Can I enjoy this song? The answer is yes. Of course you can. But They couldn't just... write in the rest of Destiny's Child, even the ones that they <laughs> kept kicking out? It was 
you know, they could, there's only so much space on the album. And you really, yeah, you just couldn't really rhyme, like, you know, the Frank, you know, like, Fair Franklin or Latoya. Okay, Latavia now you're going Latoya. into absurdity range. It was worth a try. Hear the song, hear the album. It definitely is something that gave us joy. You know, the other thing that has just been insane in pop culture, and I Oh, wait a minute. You know what? Sorry, you know what? What? Sorry, I was just thinking about, like, other thing that gave me joy this week, even though it has not been confirmed. Uh, Apparently, oh, I'm sorry, what? I said, what's that? Um, It was, apparently, there are talks going on with Netflix, and apparently, you know, one of my favorite joys in life is to listen to good comedy. And apparently, Netflix is talking to Eddie Murphy. Oh my god, yes! And they're thinking of paying him $70 million. Yeah. I'm, oh my know, god! I need, I need A to get, like, a really good check, and for him to get, you know, to get together with his partners and put together a really awesome Netflix special. I'm willing to keep, you know, hang on to my Netflix a little bit longer, you know, because I want Netflix and chill and watch Eddie <laughs> Murphy get his life on, you know, you know, especially with everything that's going on in Eddie Murphy's life. Uh, I really want to see Eddie Murphy be on the come up and really show these young whip whippersnappers. I know I'm showing my age right now. What's going down? That's my thing. So if you guys haven't heard that, this is insane. Yes. So, Eddie Murphy, according to Team Z, Netflix may be willing to pay $70 million for an undisclosed number of specials. So, it's not just, like, he appears once and, like, $70 million, But he's going to do, like, a number of specials. Um, and this is not unheard of, because Dave Chappelle was said to earn $60 million for a trio of specials. Chris Rock got $40 million for two of his own. Um... So they're apparently ready to drop seventy million Eddie. I all I gotta say is, if Eddie's coming back, I don't want to see a thousand words Eddie. I want to see Eddie Murphy raw Eddie. Yes, he needs to come back. We don't <laughs> need, yeah, him. you're right. I don't see, <laughs> I don't need Pluto Nash Eddie. I need like you know Eddie Murphy. You know, deliriously. You know partaking of himself, but, you know, even if if you want to go, you know, you got 70 million, what, Eddie? You want to at least, like, you know, be able to do, like, a conference call with, you know, Bill Cosby and the uh, and the hooker, you know, talk to him a little bit, see if, you know, if he's still, you know, partaking of the pudding pops. I know this is wrong, but I just had to go there. But, yeah, I want to see Eddie Murphy, do, you know, do a special or two and, you know, earn that cash. Do you remember the first time you saw that? Because I was thinking... Back in the day when he had Delirious and Raw, okay, and yeah, this is aging me, I remember having to sneak and watch them because they were rated R, right? Mm -hmm. They were like all the way blue. It was like sneaking and listening to my parents' Richard Pryor and Red Fox albums type blue. (laughs) But I just remember it was like the first time I've seen someone on television like cuss like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe this exists. But fun, I didn't understand half the shit he was talking about, because some of that (laughs) was, like, above my little head at the time. Mm -hmm. But again, old-style Eddie, if y'all didn't have a chance to see him back in the day, if all you know of Eddie is Dr. Doolittle, go your behind right now to YouTube and check out his old stuff. So I'm hoping he's bringing back his old material. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. 70 million, man, that is a lot. 
And you know what? I, I don't know if Eddie's still married or whatever, but like, you know, I want to make sure he's got all his money together because, you know, just like in, uh, uh, not Delirious, uh, in Raw, ha! I want half Eddie! <laughs> oh my god, when he talks about Fufu? <laughs> yes. I want, <laughs> I want half of shit! <laughs> oh my god! That is like the best of all time. And that's one of the things that I didn't really get. And uh-huh. I revisited as an adult. And I was like, oh, this is dirty as hell. Yeah. <laughs> About Fufu, he catches her in Africa. He meets her in Africa and she's just naked as all get out. That's right. Buck naked <laughs> on a zebra. Buck naked on a zebra. Yeah. And so he marries Mfufu, and then someone decides to tell Mfufu about how things work in America. Uh-huh. And then her whole thing, Andy, Andy, I want half. I want half. <laughs> half is she. Oh, my God. And, oh, my God. I never told you. So I'm watching this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's late at night because back in the day, HBO, before the V-chip, would only show these things at night, right? So the key is to get up, be very quiet, sneak out of my room, go to the living room because the TV that had the cable was in the living room, and then turn on the TV very low, and then usually bring a pillow so you can laugh into the pillow. (laughs) But when he's talking about meeting her butt naked on a zebra, now there's very few things I understood. I understood that. (laughs) It's just that image. And I busted out laughing and I woke up my parents. I had to explain to my mother, so what are you doing? Um, and this is before you could like change the channel really quickly. Mm-hmm. We had those old ass remotes. Oh, no, no, we didn't even have a remote. It was one of the TVs where we're the remote. <laughs> Remember you had to go and, touch and change the channel? See, that was your it's problem. the dial? And I couldn't change it fast enough. And I heard them get up. And I had to, like, come up with a lie, and, of course, I couldn't do it. And... I was very fast at hitting that channel. <laughs> Plus, I didn't have that problem growing up because my parents fell asleep early. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> my parents let me get away with, like, watching all kind of bad stuff on HBO. So, yeah, I watched it. I'll partake a bit. I know about Bill Cosby and what he can do it. have a Coke and a smile. But, yeah, A. Murphy, go and get your life. Yeah, you know what? I'm not even mad at you, Eddie. Go get your dollars. Can you imagine who else would you pay $70 million to see? Sinbad. Yeah. You know what? Okay. I ain't paying him $70 million, but at the same time, I am a big fan of watching, you know, Sinbad and George Wallace in concert. Oh, my God. George Wallace. Okay. George Wallace, I would pay a lot of money to see George Wallace, but George Wallace is one of those people that, unfortunately, you will never, unfortunately... Which is sad, because I kind of see George Wallace's humor as kind of like Bernie Mac in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And he is, like, really good with the fair storyteller. Like, it's too bad that Richard Pryor is no longer with us, because Richard Pryor, I would I would pay any type of money to see him on Netflix. Because my all-time favorite one is about the little feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I told you I was listening to that comedy album one day driving home from Mississippi to visit my boyfriend at the time. Who wasn't me. Yes, this was before we got together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was laughing so hard, I almost ran myself off the road because I wasn't paying attention. So <laughs> I would probably pay that money to see Richard Pryor. He's no longer with us, but yeah. I would pay that money to see, I, I'd pay it to you know, see Bernie Mac. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Because Mac Man, I know he was crazy. I know he meant a lot. To, you know, that he said a lot about really heavy-handed stuff. But at the same time, he was a comic genius. No, he Between was Between him amazing. and Red Fox and, you know, yeah, them were some, some real, you know, hardcore dudes. And if you're listening, you have no idea who these people are. Again, Google is free. I suggest listening to them. YouTube. But let thing. me just say this for the record. this All these people that we mentioned, all their humor is not safe for work. Do not be listening to Red Fox at your job, getting fired, and come after me. They're not safe for work. No, Use no. the headphones. <laughs> No, no, go ahead. Listen to it at work. I want to see what your HR person says when you like when you listen to it at work. Yes. <laughs> so the last thing we want to talk about that was part of pop culture for the week, and again, this is actually something that's a little weird because it was literally right next door to me, mm. and it was the tale of Chance the Snapper. <laughs> chance the Snapper. Chance the Snapper. Not chance. Yeah, not chance it's the a rapper. rapper. Chance to snapper. Mm -hmm. Chicago. <laughs> so if you don't know the story, and seriously, I don't know how because it was everywhere, but essentially what happened was about a week ago, I get an email at my office that literally said, from the executive director of the nonprofit I work with. Okay. So if you plan on going to eat your lunch in Humboldt Park near the lagoon, Please don't, because there is an alligator site. Alligator in Chicago. In Chicago. North side. And I'm like, Northwest. the hell? So I pop my head in, and I'm like, this is a joke, right? No. Apparently, what they think happened was somebody decided, hey, let's have a pet alligator. And alligators do what alligators do, which is grow big and eat things. Kind of like big snakes. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we can't have this. So they dump this out for alligator in the lagoon in Humboldt Park. And some poor person was like minding their business, saw the alligator, probably freaked the hell out, <laughs> took a picture of it. Probably would be me. Yeah. <laughs> and so Chance the Snapper was then born. Although, just in case you want to know, they actually, there's, um, there's this really um, great um, company out of Chicago. I think it's called, what is it, Book Club Shy? Okay, Book Club Shy. Book I think they're the ones that came up with Chance the, the, snap, the Snapper. So, um, so named after it. Chance the Rapper, mm -hmm. um, who is another Chicago staple. So for nearly a week, our city was besieged. held and besieged. In the neighborhood where I work in, so it's hilarious. I was trying to, like, earlier this week, try to drive into work, and there's news vans, and there's a TV helicopter. Because <laughs> literally, I live within walking distance of this lagoon. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or I work, rather, within walking distance of this lagoon, and everyone's trying to look at Chance to Snapper. Yeah, it was like, as opposed <laughs> to Shark Week, it was Gator Better Week. week in Chicago. You know, it was like all you could see and talk about. It's funny because I actually used to live in Tampa, Florida. So all of my friends in Florida who still live there was texting me like, so I know that you tease me us all the time about you left Florida because of the Gators. Don't you work in Humble Park? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Isn't there an alligator where you work? Yes, there's an alligator. Even my parents, my parents in Indianapolis. 
I called them earlier this week and they're like, um, so we heard there's a gator right <laughs> where you work? That's right. Gator, <laughs> not crocodile, not reptile. Yeah, I guess he is a reptile. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's a gator, alligator. So they weren't really sure what to do. So they actually brought in this person whose they, name they, is yeah. Alligator Bob. Right. <laughs> because, of course, his name is Alligator Bob. Why would it not be? Sure. So Alligator Bob, um, expert, who I think, was Alligator Bob from Florida? I don't know where Alligator Bob was from. He was just Alligator Bob. They just probably found some dude at the conservatory and said, hey, you know about getting alligators, right? All right, come on out. So he's a gator hunter because, again, of course, um, actually, the real, yeah, the real Allig- crocodile hunter was dead. Yes. So they brought Alligator Bob to Humboldt Park to find the alligator. So at first he tried laying out traps for the alligator. Um, what happened was that the alligator was probably freaked the hell out. Um, and let me take a step back before I forget. Because the alligator Bob probably stunk. <laughs> <Actually>. <laughs> Anyway, what? <laughs> I don't know. Keep going. So it, it's not Book Club Chicago. It's Block Club Chicago is the name of the um, Twitter handle. That <laughs> they go him, what were they going to do him with some books? I don't know. Okay. So um, Alligator Bob was a um, volunteer and he said, I'll catch him. So depending on who you ask, the alligator was anywhere between four and five feet. It's funny because every news report I saw, he was getting bigger. And so after, what, nine days, mm-hmm. was it? They finally caught Chance to Stamper. Yeah, but was it Alligator Bob that called him, or was it a new guy? It was Alligator Bob. Alligator Bob was the one that called him? Yes. I, wait a minute. I thought there were, like, two guys that went after, you know, said Croc. I'm sorry, it said Alligator. And first guy didn't hit it on the come up. Like, he failed. Well, I think Alligator Bob was the person who did it, and... Bob, who is actually a native of Bridgeport, he volunteered. Um, he spent about forty years of volu- He has about forty years of volunteering experience working with reptiles for groups like the Chicago Herpetological Society. So, and he used to spend a lot of time in the Florida Keys, which is Alligator Central. So, I guess they we lucked out that in the middle of Chicago, we found someone who knew a lot about alligator was able to catch her. Hmm. I want to go back on that. Really? Because I thought in my mind, because uh, I, I was reading the reports throughout the week, I thought that the person who actually caught said alligator was a guy that they just literally was after the first guy who I was under the assumption was alligator Bob was uh, setting out traps and baits and whatever and was not able to lure him in the first few days. And then they found a guy out of Florida who flew up here and within 36 to 40 hours was the one who caught said gator. That was what what my impression was. Because everyone I was hearing was it was alligator Bob. But here's the thing, because essentially what happened was they closed out all of because there are so many people who were taking over Humboldt Park looking for this alligator. Mm hmm that they actually had to close some of the roads around it. Mm-hmm. So they thought the alligator was too freaked out and he would, wouldn't resurface. Okay. And so eventually he resurfaced and they were able to catch him. 
But it was kind of comical for a while because even Benny the Bull from the Chicago Bulls mm. went to Humble Park looking for the alligator. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> so when in doubt, you sent a, well, a mask guy At least guy that's bull. his excuse. We don't... Okay. Yeah, I know he was out there doing other things <laughs> while he was waiting, yes. Can I say what I think No. Was? <laughs> We're not going to mark... We're not going to, like, you know... We're not going to dig down on a mascot because he had, <laughs> he had other little problems. The mascot has problems. We get it. What I was alluding to, and I'm not going to go into detail, Benny the Bull in the past has had some extracurricular activities, shall we say? The people who are within the, <laughs> the mask and, and costume. Yeah, the people who previously played Vinny the Bull on multiple occasions, it's not just one person, got caught doing something they shouldn't have done. They were selling a little something extra. Yeah. That was not that was nefarious, <laughs> as you will. Yes, Again, we know. Google is free. I'll just let you do that. Drug selling bulls, we did it. <laughs> so for years after, I was at, you know, elbow my husband at games. So um, what is Vinny doing when he leaves the court? <laughs> Yeah, there was something else going on with like <laughs> he had the uh, the t-shirt gun. I think he was using it for other reasons. So anyway, alligator. Um, the alligator has been caught. So mom and dad, if you're listening, no more alligator. They actually sent him to a conservatory in Florida, so he's going to be well taken care of. Once um, again, uh, can can I give my take now? Of course. My take, and I hit this off on Twitter and maybe a couple other places was. Okay, so, Alligator, from wherever he was, I don't know if he originally started off in Humboldt Park, but around Chicago was, you know, probably somebody's pet. You know, he went through a hard-knock life. They were like, well, you got a little too big for your, you know, your little, uh, I don't know, crate or wherever you were, you know, being housed in. Then was savagely, like, you know, probably tossed out somewhere, found the nice little lagoon, was, you know, sunning and living his best life. Somebody sees him, freaks out, calls the media or calls, like, you know, the police or whatever, because there were many reports of said gator. And then causes this whole firestorm of people. You know, he brings all the, you know, all the, you know, boys to the yard, you know, with his, you know, presence. Then has, you know, two clowns, which I was under the impression are two. <laughs> Because, number one, couldn't get him. And then, when, you know, Gas shows up, actually catches him, gets him on the slide. How is it that, number like, you know, guy number two gets to turn on Buckingham Fountain and gets to throw out a pitch at the Cubs game? And that's Alligator Bob who did it, not guy number two. It's all Alligator Bob who did that. However, whoever the (laughs) hell did it, he gets to do all these, you know, all this cool stuff and gets all the reward. What does alligator? I'm sorry. What does the actual alligator get? He gets like locked up again, prison, shanked down, and then gets to sent down to some crappy like you no know, conservatory in Florida, and probably didn't get to you know eat the kitty cats or whatever the hell else that you know he was able to do when he was in the wild or free. So you're telling me out of this entire story, the thing that you're upset about isn't the fact that. There was an alligator, like, roaming free where your wife worked that she could... Because, you know, alligators do bite. Yeah, they do more than bite. So Munch, munch. So your whole issue is alligator Bob is getting all this shine. 
and, and no one cares about the fate of poor Chance. Is that it? You <laughs> when, are correct. When, were you wearing Chance to turn on Buckingham Fountain? Yes. <laughs> he knows water. How come the alligator cannot turn on the Buckingham Fountain? How come the alligator couldn't throw out the pitch at the Cubs game? How come alligator, you know, you know, you couldn't find, like, you know, Chance the Snapper, like, you know, floating around the Chicago River? Wait a minute, maybe not. Let me take that back. No, Because if he was that. in Chicago River, well, he, 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 he might maybe not be, like. he worked straights and he would have been in Thumbtown yeah, Park Lagoon. That could have gone, yeah. I, <laughs> he might have turned into some mutant, like, you know, Godzilla-looking alligator. He could have be, actually been on, like, you know, sci-fi or whatever. Well, that could have, yeah, that could have gone wrong, but yeah. Yeah, Poe Chance was, like, you know, doing all the star work. Could have got his own star or, you know, something other bigger than a bobblehead. And, well, all the shine goes to Alligator Bob or whoever the hell called him. Okay, well, first of all, I I think maybe it would have caused him a little bit more trauma to do all of those things. Um, And... We're not going to talk about the obvious, you know, not having an opposable thumb to be able to turn on the fountain or toss out a pitch. All you got to do is press a... <laughs> you ain't got to be good at it. We've seen 50 Cent throw a pitch, and ain't like, you know, it's any better. I'm like, I'm worried about 50 Cent's punk ass. I ain't worried about 50 Cent. I don't know him money. But yeah, Chance the Snapper doesn't get, you know, doesn't get no hookup. And, they, you know, Alligator Bob gets to throw out all this cool stuff. And I'm like, all I was worried about me personally. Yeah, I was. Yes, I was worried about my wife. But at the same time, my sister's first words to me were, "Catch it, so you make it purse." <laughs> yeah, she was looking for alligator purses. I'm like, so you want me to go and you know, like, risk my life just so I can make a purse? Can can a brother get some shoes out of this? Can a brother get you know, get him some gaiters or something like you know, some good good Crocs? No, no. My wife was like, that's great, no. My sister, however, was like, no, so you think you can make a bag out of them? No. <laughs> okay, so I have learned a lot this session. One, mm. I apparently, my husband believes that Chance the Snapper should be, like, tossing up pitches in Wrigley Fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my sister-in-law is more concerned about turning him into um, <laughs> Turn him into a purse. A purse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of this, yeah. <laughs> what was it like a five thousand dollar, fifty thousand dollar purse? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that there are probably many people in Chicago who love Chance to Snapper who probably wouldn't want to see that happen. So crack Obama. <laughs> so anyway, um, happy travels to Chance to Snapper. Thank you for to Alligator Bob for making. My commute, at least a little safer, knowing that as I walk past Humble Park to get to work, that I won't be snapped up by an alligator. I have to admit, I appreciate that. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> um, so that's all for our pop culture Bro, portion could of have the week. Some Gatorade commercials. <laughs> you know, that could still happen. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll wrap things up with the best thing we ate this week. Okay. Hey, I'm JT Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. Let me ask you something. Do you love conversations about hit snacks? Deep philosophical discussions and why, I don't know, corn dogs should be called meat twinkies? Or why Love and Hip Hop Atlanta has the right level of ratchet? 
Well, if you've answered yes to any of these questions, you might be a goober, which is why you should be a part of our bi-weekly podcast where we tackle life's most important foodie and pop culture questions like why community fries should be a thing. (laughs) And if you love the Gourmet Goober podcast, how about supporting us? You can give us a five-star review on Stitcher and iTunes. You can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. You can advertise with us. Or you can visit anchor.fm backslash gourmet goober, click the support this podcast button, and put just five on it to help support independent media. So, if you're a goober like me, no worries. Just join us here at the Gourmet Goober, be a part of our bi-weekly podcast, and support us now at anchor.fm backslash gourmet goober. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. And we're back. Welcome back to the Gourmet Goober. And as always, we close out every podcast by talking about the best thing we ate this week. The best thing we ate this week. And I have lots of things to choose from. But just curious, starting with you, what was the best thing you had this week? The best thing I had this week, um... I mean, always, whatever my wife cooked this week was always really good. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Yeah, at the same time, still waiting on that gumbo. Look, <laughs> I have people looking for the okra. I am not making gumbo without the okra. Yeah, I get you. Great, grand. But no, um, the best thing I ate this week, um, a lot of different choices, but um, I guess I kind of did like a little hack off of something pretty simple. I took a stab, or I went to a place on Chicago Ave uh, called Big Wig Tacos um, and Burritos. Yeah, Big Wig Tacos and Burritos, actually pretty decent place, open really late. Um, But one of the things, they, they have a lot of different proteins, a lot of different sides you can put together. Um, and make tacos and burritos, uh, tapas, stuff like that. Um, what I did was I got a, a taco bowl and I had chicken and chorizo along with, I stuck some, uh, good cheese and actually of all things like teriyaki, uh, mixed in a bowl and, put that together and uh, actually made a pretty decent little uh, dinner for myself. Oh, the Big Week Taco was pretty decent. I mean, like, the Big Week Taco is usually pretty pretty popular late night uh, flash for all the people like, you know, just coming out of West Loop or um, just coming out of, like, near downtown. But, yeah, Big Week Taco is pretty decent hot. Well, I've actually heard really good things about Big Wig Tacos, so I'm going to have to try that. Um, <clears throat> I know for me, I actually, I've been asking myself this question like all week because I've been really fortunate enough that we have had um, some really good stuff um, that I had a chance to try this week. Um, one, and I have to, so I'm going to have multiple answers to this. I can't nail down one just one um one of the things that i wanted to give big daddy a shout out about and this is like a carryover from the last podcast where you talked about the bumble bar which is a bar um that's known for 
lots of different things. It's West Loop, but I think there's also another location in Chicago besides the West Loop one. Most people know about the West Loop location. Oh, yeah, Old Town. Um, Old Town Road. So they have, like, burgers and fries, and I believe they have... Don't they have pizza, too? Uh... They might. I don't believe I've been there for, but they do. Yeah, I think they, they do. do. They have pizza by the square. Mm-hmm. They are known for their chopped salad. But let's face it. The reason why people go to Bumble Bar are two things. One, they have these incredible shakes, which Big Daddy had last week. Um, and then they're also known for something that's called a bombolini, which is an Italian holeless donut. Okay. So... Big Daddy last week or last podcast, I guess it was two weeks ago, was sharing how he had a chance to try one of their shakes. And I was really hurt because Bumble Bar is one of my like bucket list places to go in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And every time I have a chance to go, I never have a chance. And so he went, had himself a burger and a shake, didn't tell me until the podcast. And I was like, oh. you know, like all the air exit my lungs. I was so sad. I was really, really hurt. So. All in my feelings. What was it? Thursday? Was it Wednesday? Thursday. It was Thursday. Big Daddy stepped up and hooked me up with four. Count them four. In fact, if you go on the Gourmet Goopers Instagram page, you can see them. But there are four um, Bombolini donuts. A salted caramel one. A vanilla bean custard one, a Nutella one, and a s'mores one. And the really cool thing about these donuts is you don't just get the donut, right? Mm-hmm. They come with these little canister, like these little bottles that comes with the cream that you can inject inside the donut. Yeah, like little cream shears. Yeah, so you can squeeze it on top of the donut. You can put some on top if you want. But, oh my God. So good. I mean, they're it's very light and flaky. Um, it has some sugar on top of it, but then you inject the cream in. It's best warm. Eat it warm. So it was not warm by the time he brought it to me, but you can very easily warm it up for a few minutes in the in the um microwave. Or the oven, yeah. Or the oven. In the s'mores one, I gotta tell you, that was just Nirvana on the plate. I seriously, it comes with like a little marshmallow that's embedded inside, and you can, when it warms up, it comes all warm and gooey with the chocolate syrup that you put into it. It was so incredibly good, and it was out of the blue. I had no idea he was going to hook me up with that, let alone four. So, Big Daddy, thank you for that. So far, I've had. The Nutella and the s'mores, I'm trying to control myself so I don't eat all four at once. But if you guys have a chance to come to Chicago and do that again, so good. Um, yeah, definitely. If you get some, uh, you can check out the Bumble Bar either at the West Loop window um, or you can partake of it in Old Town. Uh, I definitely recommend that or the Gelato. Uh, I really like to go there. I've only been there like twice. Um, but they have, uh, something called Cookie Monster, which is also in gelato, but also is in a milkshake. And oh my God, it is so damn good with, um, little sprinkles, a little blue stuff and the chocolate chip 
cookie delish thing. But yeah, I uh, also want to give a shout out to the dude from Caviar who did the delivery. I didn't get the, the gelato or anything cold because it was hot that day. I mean, like, like very hot. But yeah, uh, shout out to him for like delivering on, you know, like bike messenger. But it was really hot. So the second thing, and yeah, that was really awesome. So, dude, whoever you are on the bike, thank you for that. <laughs> yes. Um, the second really cool thing that I've had was at there's this little restaurant in Hobart, Indiana, and it's called New Hong Kong Restaurant. Hong Kong. And it's um, it's kind of a Chinese fusion restaurant, so they have many different types of recipes that are there. Um, it's family owned. Um, there's no buffet, so it's a strictly sit-down restaurant. But I, earlier this week, or last week, um, didn't feel like cooking. It was near the end of the week. I was exhausted. It was hot. It was hot. And so I decided to go to a restaurant. And um, I ordered, um, I had fried rice. They had crispy duck. And then they, I ordered some crab rangoons. First of all, Crab Rangoon, I consider myself to be an aficionado of Crab Rangoon. Like, the Crab Rangoon was so good. It was very cheesy, and it had, like, real crab that you can taste, and it was flaky, and it was perfectly fried. And it wasn't like, you know, how some Crab Rangoon, they add sugar to it, so it's sweet? Hmm. No, this was like, seriously, I was like, Anyone within earshot, this is the best crab rangoon I've ever had in my life. Did she shout out like Oprah? <laughs> you get a crab rangoon and you get... No, I thought about it, but I don't have that amount of money. Okay. I, we don't have that kind of sponsorship yet. Nope. <laughs> but between that and like their crispy duck, which was so incredibly good. I mean, I, I cannot rave this restaurant enough. Um, so if you go, it's in Holborn, Indiana. It's in this little, um, it's it's on Ridge Road. It's like in this little little shopping shopping, outlet. yeah, mm-hmm. a little shopping outlet. Like I've driven past that I don't know how many times for years that we lived here, and something told me to go in, and I'm so glad I did. So that is on seriously on equal footing with the Bombolini. And then I'm gonna do one more thing if I could. Man, just taking everybody's trip. All right. Go We're going to talk about the best thing I had to drink this week. The best thing you had to drink this week. Yes. And were, this- you, did, were you hitting up some alcohol and didn't tell me? <laughs> no, because I want to live. <laughs> no rum balls. You weren't like Rihanna. Rihanna. No, 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 no. Nothing like that. No day drinking. <laughs> okay. But um, for those of you who may not be in the know, and I didn't know this until later. But Chicago has an H-Mart, which if you don't know what an H-Mart is, it's a very popular um, Asian grocery um, chain, um, mostly serving Korean um, food um, and a lot of Korean dishes. Mm-hmm. I've heard about H-Mart, but the only H-Mart I was aware of in the Chicagoland area is up in the suburbs. And I keep trialing myself one day when a road trip out to be there. But no, I was on my way to a board meeting on Tuesday for the nonprofit that I work in. And so... The driver, the Lyft driver, on the way to the not the board meeting was in Willis Tower, and so she wound up going down Jackson to hit um, eventually to get up to Quincy. Mm-hmm. And as we were going down, we passed the H Mart, and I was like prepping myself for this presentation, and I see the H Mart on the corner of my eye, and I was like, I almost like screw these people, 
stop the car. <laughs> I've been dying to go to H Mart forever. And so finally, the board meeting wrapped up early. So I had about an hour and a half to kill. So I made my way over there. It's only maybe about a few blocks from um, Willis Tower. So if you're familiar with the downtown Chicago area. Willis it's Tower is really- a really tall tower. Yes. Tallest one in the Midwest. Exactly. So it's it's relatively close. Um, there is parking to be decide to park, which is amazing for Chicago. But it is just, oh my God, they had like fresh food and seafood. And seriously, I wanted to buy all the pork belly. I was sitting there like, okay, how can I get this on the train? Because I took a train that day. How can I keep it cool and to get on the train? So I got some stuff. Um, I told myself because I could be there all day. <laughs> when I'm like, probably could. miss my train. Like, I was texting Big Daddy, oh my God, I found the H Mart. <laughs> and I'm like, what is what? an H Mart? <laughs> what is that? But I, I got some really cool things that I've tried. Um, one, believe it or not, is um, they had some different Korean um, instant noodles that were really good. Um, I had, believe it or not, the spam tocino <laughs> again going with my love of spam and there's different flavors of spam that it's hard to find in the united states and one is the tocino flavor which is really based on a, a popular flavor um in hawaii and also and filipino culture as well they love spam hmm. so i've been trying dying to try this for weeks and months and years since i've heard about this um fable tocino um, recipe and I hope I'm saying it right. So I got a can and it's so good. Um, but the thing that I was going to end up with, with the best thing I had to drink was I was in an aisle and I love tea and they had this jar of tea. It was called honey citron tea. Um, it's really called Yuja spelled Y U J A T. And what it is basically, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a marmalade. So it's not like a traditional tea that comes in a tea bag and you dip it in hot water and let it brew. Okay. It comes and it's like you once you open it, you have to refrigerate it. It has a consistency of marmalade. It has little pieces of citrus fruit that's in it. So what you do is you take a scoop of it and you put it in the cup and you can either add hot or cold water to it. You can even add like sparkling water to it as well. And you mix it up, and it is so good. It smells so heavenly, and it's really fresh. And it's, I've had it hot, I've had it cold. I've said, oh, I'll just get a small jar. How, you know, I'll just try it. I really wish I should have gotten the ginormous jar because I'm almost done with the small jar. <laughs> hmm. It is that incredibly good. And um, you could use it for other things as well. Um, like I've read to some people cook with it as well as that, but it's like this thick pulpy syrup that is jarred that you use it as opposed to traditional dry teas. And it's so fresh and, you know, it's just flavored with honey. It's very simple, but it's honestly one of the best things that I've had to drink in a very long time. So if you guys happen to find yourself in an Asian grocery store or find yourself in an H Mart like I did. First mm. of all, control yourself because it's amazing inside. They have a food court that I was going to try, but I didn't have a chance to because I didn't want to miss my train. 
But that said, if you happen to get your hands on some of this tea, so worth it. Definitely try it. It's amazing. So on that note, now that I've just like overstayed my welcome, the best thing I had to eat this week, and I think we went a little longer than normal, but we had a lot to get out and it's only every two weeks. So, you know, you won't hear from us again in two weeks. So it'll be fun. <laughs> Lord willing. <laughs> yes. So wanted to just say thank you for listening to the Gourmet Goober. And where can they find you on social media, Big Daddy? They can find me on social media. That's me, the Twitterverse at T Outlaw. And on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells. You can also find me on Facebook somewhere under my name. But um, why would you? But anyway. <laughs> so um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, that's probably where you'll find me the fastest at JJ Outlaw. Um, I'm at the gourmet at gourmet goober rather on Instagram. Who are you again? Gourmet goober. Okay. <laughs> Instagram. Like Mike Jones. We do have an ins- We do have a Facebook page. Um, actually. Um, and I just warn people that Twitter and Instagram is more my thing than Facebook. But we do post our newest episodes there. So if you're on Facebook, come and like us as at um the gourmet goober blog because that's what we used to be a blog before we became a podcast mm-hmm. so that's where you can find us and it's always you can drop us a line is at the gourmet goober at gmail.com so um again on behalf of big daddy we want to say thank you for listening to the gourmet goober and until next time happy eating thank you